Your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make it feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Post game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smith. You're listening to the Cho Show only on the Suave Report. Morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast. Presented by TheSwallReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. And I know I said we had four days of content. I did not anticipate coming on here for a fifth day of content. But uh, once again, we had an opportunity to present itself. Uh, we were able to secure the services of another coach. And so obviously I was not going to turn that down. And so uh, but, but, but before I bring him I bring him on, I just want to uh, thank you all for the support this week. I know it's been a, it's been a, it's been a lot of content. I know, that there, I know that there's been a lot of other sporting events that have gone on that could divert attention. So I'm really pleased by the the views and the, the support there on social media. Uh, it, it really does mean a lot. And like I said, it just continues to show that we are growing and, and, and that's, that's only a positive thing. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and bring on my guest now. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Adam Lichtenberg. Coach, thank you for taking time this afternoon to talk talk to me. Uh, could you start by telling the viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been coaching, coaching football for close to 20 years, uh, high school, uh, pretty much all divisions, Division Two, FCS, FBS. Uh, been involved with it, like I said, for a long time. Started out as a high school teacher and coach. Uh, grew up on a farm in Nebraska, so I'm from uh, from the Midwest, but from a little town. Uh, I have my wife Christy and my daughter Maddie, who's seven. Uh, so, like, I've been involved in, like I said, education, and we've moved all over the country. And uh, my favorite part of coaching is the teaching and development of people. It's been been a really fun experience over the years. I know. I, I know you. You were uh, a walk on at Nebraska under Coach Frank Solik. What, what was it like to kind of be around a coach of his caliber? Well, Coach Solich, and you know, I actually got to take a coaching class from Coach Osborne, which was pretty interesting. Um, while I was in school there, uh, Coach Solich is obviously an unbelievable coach. Uh, did a great job being around all those players and coaches. Uh, was a great experience. Uh, you know, like he, you, the organization and the uh, motivational stuff, like every coach you work for and see, you, you learn a few things. I've been fortunate uh, to be around a lot of great coaches. Coach Solich was, you know, the first for, for a brief time I was with him. Uh, you know, the high school coaches I've worked with over the years, like I've been around, you know, Gary Patterson at TCU, Jason Simpson at UT Martin, Justin Fuente, who turned Memphis around at Virginia and at Virginia Tech. Uh, we want, you know, just a lot of different coaches have influenced how I uh, do things. Obviously, Coach Doyle's won three national championships here. Just seeing how he does things. 
Uh, I've just been very fortunate to be around so many unbelievable coaches and, and head coaches and seeing how they do things. And obviously coach Solich was, was the first guy I got to, to observe, you know, how he did things on a weekly basis. And uh, I think it certainly helped, helped me develop as a coach as well. What, what would, what would probably be the, the, the biggest um, lesson or takeaway that you learned from coach Solich? Uh, you know, Coach Solich used to have like, again, I wasn't I wasn't on the team for all my career there, but Coach Solich used to have a theme of the week. And I think he got that from Coach Osborne. So, you know, each week it might be a different different motivating thing or different objective that maybe it was, you know, who we were playing. Uh, but I always thought that was interesting. He had a theme of the week and then he would bring in quotes each day and kind of build on it as the week went. And I think a lot of head coaches have done that. But that was my first exposure to that kind of off the field, uh, internal development. Uh, you know, I think that was something that, that has stayed with me over the years from coach Solich. So, um, a- a- after your playing career was done, I guess, what, what, what then led you to pursue coaching as your career? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't a very good player. So I always knew, I always loved the sport and I always, uh, I grew up wanting to be a coach, to be honest with you. I mean, I, if you had asked me when I was five years old, what I was going to be, I would have probably said a, a college football coach. Uh, it's just something that's always been a part of what I wanted to do. I've loved the scheme. I've loved the education. I've, I come from a family of educators. So, uh, you know, to me, the game of football offers offers so much more than just playing. It's it's a hard sport to play. And, and I always say outside the military, there's probably very few things a person can do to develop them uh in terms of physical and mental demand, the ups and downs of your life, that's re- that's directly related to football. How hard our kids have to work. You know, our kids get up early in the morning. Uh, they work their tails off. They go to class. A lot of them have jobs. Like, you can't get that experience that builds on your life from doing much else. You know, football and college athletics in general uh, all do that. But then you get you throw in the physical demand of football along, you know, along with that. It, it creates a a thing that develops mental toughness. And, and so, uh, like I said, that's what I've always been wanting to do it. And I, I started out as a high school teacher and coach coached girls basketball. I was a D coordinator for the football team, uh, coach track and in the summer coach baseball. So coaching and being around kids and being around people is, is something I've always kind of been, been passionate about. So like how, how, how did you kind of manage all those different sports? And that's, I kind of a lot of, all the sports to kind of handle there. Well, it was a it was a little school. It was a little school in Southwest Kansas. I I got offered a job in Texas, and I was going to coach junior high, which I was a naive college kid. Didn't realize that that's still a hard job to get in Texas. You know, I would kind of, they were said you could be the middle school, be a middle school football coach, and in Kansas, I got offered to be you know the head coach of basketball and a, a D coordinator job. I thought it sounded kind of exciting, so. I uh, chose that. It was a great place. Great people. Loved it. I was there two years, but it was a little enough school that you could manage it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big school at all. So, uh, you know, it kept me busy. I was single and young and had energy, run the weight room in the morning and coach, coach all day. And, you know, so it was, it was a fun time, fun experience. Um. Okay. So after that, you, 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 you moved to Wayne State uh, where you, you had some success there as a, yeah, um, during your time, you recruited the all-time leading receiver there, Logan Masters. What, what would, how could you sum up your 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 time there at Wayne State? Well, Wayne State was a great opportunity. I was a GA wide receiver coach at Wayne State. Uh, 
and I got a ton of responsibility. Coach Dan McLaughlin was the head coach. I did not know him. I just applied out of the blue. Like I was about to sign my teaching contract and then I got a, a message from him on the phone one day and I was the tech coordinator at my high school. Where I worked too for technology. So he basically hired me because I knew stuff about computers. He didn't care if I knew anything about football. <laughs> uh, so I learned a lot, you know, learned a lot about uh, recruiting, a lot about coaching from, from that experience. I got a ton of responsibility, which helped me evolve as my coaching career went. Uh, Logan Masters, who's now the head coach at Wayne State College, was my you know, one of my first kids that I signed. I remember, I still remember seeing his tape and he told me on the first conversation I had with him that he wanted to be a college coach, which we obviously had that in common. And, and now he's the head coach at Wayne State. So I'm very proud of him. Great person. Uh, recruited a bunch of other kids that have lifelong friendships from my experience there. Uh, GA'd with some great guys, great coaches there uh, that have been all over the place. Uh, and so I, I had a great experience. But for me, it was just a big learning experience. I didn't really understand all the all the things that went into college football at that point in my coaching career. And when you're a GA at a smaller school, you learn to do everything. And uh, from the laundry, from the recruiting, from the, you name it, from summer workouts, you know, we were the strength coaches. Uh, So it was, it was a big evolution in my coaching career. And and so what, like, were there, what were the challenges, I guess, in in learning recruiting for the first time? Because everybody knows that that's kind of the lifeblood of a program. So what, what was that experience like for you? Well, um, I, you know, like recruiting is like anything. I, I view recruiting as education. You know, like I, I've always told recruits, I'm going to find good players. That's my job. Like that's my job is to make sure we have good players on the teams that I work at or work for. But uh, what, what, what I want to do is educate them on what we have to offer. What Like Central Oklahoma is one of the best places in America to play ball. And we want to educate them on that. And if it's not for them, it's not for them. Maybe they have a a philosophical difference. Maybe location isn't perfect. Maybe the academics aren't exactly what they're looking for in terms of major, but it's our job to educate them and then, and get them to feel comfortable with that decision, you know, and recruiting is a, is a persistence thing. Most often, like you develop relationships over time. A lot of guys want to, you know, want to be big time recruiters, but if to, to recruit, you need to evaluate first and pick the right guys. You can recruit a lot of guys that are highly recognized, but they may not be good players. So you have to try your best to figure out, you know, what's inside of them because there's a lot of guys that can run and jump, but, uh, and then the grind of it, you know, recruiting is a grind and growing up on a farm and my, my work ethic probably helped me a lot in terms of, uh, you, you won't recruit good players if you're not willing to spend a lot of time and effort on the phone and, and in person and any, any chance you get to recruit is important. And, uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of what I learned through that process. Uh, and then you moved on from there to TCU, uh, where I, I think as a, as a GA, what was that, what was that experience like? Well, it was, it was Pretty cool because, you know, first of all, I came, I worked a camp down there and uh, obviously it went well and they offered me a job before I left, which was kind of neat. Uh, so working with Gary Patterson, coach Justin Fuente came in at that time. He was the running back coach and I, and I was the GA at the same time. Uh, so I met him there. That's where we started our relationship, which lasts uh, to this day. Um, Gary Patterson is an unbelievable football coach. His organization skills, uh, how he runs his program, it just you just learn so much. Uh, as a grad assistant, you get to be a part of a lot of that. Uh, you know, in terms of the nuts and bolts, you kind of figure all that stuff out and learn. Uh, 
their whole staff was great. We weren't, we were a, an average football team when I got there. Uh, we, you know, I think we won eight games or something, but the next two years we got really good. We won the points out of bowl. We were 11 and two ranked top five in the country. And then we went to the Fiesta bowl the next year uh, before I left for a full-time job. Uh, but just love the experience, love the opportunity being around great people, great coaches. Fort Worth was a great community to, to kind of continue my career in. So what, what keyed the jump in from, from the eight wins your first year to then double digit wins your last two? Um, you know, like our defense was always really good. Uh, Gary Patterson obviously knows what he's doing on defense does a great job, but we just made a significant, well, first of all, Andy Dalton, you know, made a big difference. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman in the first year I was there. Second year, he was a sophomore, knew more, uh, obviously an NFL player. And just improved the talent, improved the efficiency of the offense, and it got better each year until not only was the defense in the top 10 in the country, the offense became a top 10 in the country offense. And and so personnel, efficiency, all those things, and then you got to have great players to be to be good, you know. Uh, and then from from there, you became the co-OC, quarterback's coach at Central Connecticut State, where um, in 2010, you all want to share the conference championship. What was that? What was that experience like for you? Kind of having that first big success as as a, as a coordinator. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, we had a, again uh, we had a, a a guy that came to join us, a wide receiver coach from uh, Louisiana Monroe that actually scored the game winning touchdown against Alabama when they uh, beat Alabama. He was a young coach. He's not in coaching anymore, but he was became one of my good friends and was awesome to work with. We got to put in the whole offense. Uh, from from the uh, naming of everything to what we're running a little bit, and it was so much fun. Had a transfer quarterback that really struggled in the first spring, and you know was worried, and then ended up being one of the most efficient guys in the country. We had some really good players, and I just I really enjoyed it. It was one of the most fun experience I had in coaching. You know, getting to be in, kind of in charge of it was a lot of fun. Uh, had again around some good people, good coaches, and and. Like anything, if you win a championship, you have good players. And we had some really, really good players that I – that as much as anything, they're great people, and that's that's why they were successful. And uh, had quite a few injuries the second year. It was It was still a great experience, but we weren't quite as good the second year. We were still pretty efficient on offense. But, uh, you know, that's where I met my wife, so it was a pretty good experience up there in Connecticut. She's from up there in the Northeast. So uh, I really, like I said, two years there – it was hard to leave. I really enjoyed what I was doing. Uh, when I left to go to Memphis, it was not an easy decision, but, uh, you know, one that I made that I felt like would help my career, but it was, it was good. Good. A lot of fun. And what was the hardest adjustment going from being kind of a position coach to, to now kind of running the offense? Uh, you know, like it's, it's an adjustment because you have to think more globally in terms of like when you're a position coach, you're, you're, you're always looking a lot more detail, you know, the fundamentals, the footwork, the, uh, you know, you're always looking at scheme, but you certainly are trying to every, you know, your position group better than anybody as the position coach, as the, uh, you know, when you're coordinating, you have to be, be able to see the big picture, see, you know, I was the O-line GA at TCU, which really helped me. So then I could help with protections and scheme and fundamentals. Uh, it was a big, big deal for me. Uh, so that was the biggest thing is just making sure you uh, 
uh, are aware of what's going on in every position and, and schematically and fundamentally, are we being sound? You know, are we giving our kids a chance to be successful? Because ultimately it doesn't really matter what we know or, or can do if, if our kids can't do it. So uh, that's the biggest adjustment is you have to have your position that, you know, your quarterbacks for, for me fundamentally and, and uh, schematically, but also everybody, you have to at least have enough awareness to have conversations when things are gray. Uh, to make sure you can clean it up. And then you mentioned you you went on to uh, Memphis where you were an, an, a number of roles. You were uh, player personnel, um, liaison between football, academics, missions, and housing. And then you also oversaw the walk-on program. So what was that, what was that experience like, I guess, going from a coordinator to now kind of a, I don't want to say like, like, a, like, a, like a lower role, but a different role for you? Yeah, I was. Uh, I went to Memphis as the director of player personnel. It was a. It was a, like I told you, it was a tough decision. You know, uh, the reason I ultimately did it was the head man there, Coach Justin Fuente, was was a. I knew was a really good coach. Had a great great opportunity in front of us. Uh, you know, at that time, Memphis was probably the worst team in FBS football. I mean, it was it was in pretty rough shape. Uh, both from a you know from an emotional standpoint, the kids were kind of beat down, and then. Uh, just talent and everything. So we had a lot of work to do, uh, but it was a great opportunity, you know, and we, we, we loved our time there. That's where a, a bunch of good coaches came through there while I was there. And uh, uh, we had a lot of work and, and we kind of dug in and started recruiting. And and one of the things we did there we were able to do is develop some really good walk-ons. We had a number of walk-ons play in the NFL because Memphis has a ton of talent in that community. Uh, some of it's underdeveloped and we get a chance to, to get them at Memphis and, and, uh, just some great players, great experience. Uh, but it was a hard, it was a hard couple of years there. When we first got there, we were pretty rough. And then, you know, we got get like anything, you get some few talented guys like Anthony Miller plays in the NFL. I still remember when he was in my office as a, as a high school kid telling me he was going to earn a scholarship. And I was like, okay, you know, and then he, he gets second round draft pick five years later. So, uh, it's a, it's fun to see those kids and those people go on to, to success later on. But, that was a whole staff big time effort to get that thing turned around. And, and the coolest thing or the greatest thing for me looking back is Memphis is still rolling. Like there's still a really good program, which makes me feel good about the foundation that we helped set there. You know, we, we've been gone probably 10 years and uh, they've, they've had very few poor years since that. And before we got there, they, they had struggled for a long time. So I'm very proud of that program. Whenever they're, they're successful, I still feel, you know, attachment to when they're, they're doing well. Now you mentioned that a, a, a number of your walk-ons went on to have success. How, like, how how do you go about, I guess, finding those guys and, and and then coaching them up to become successful and key contributors on a winning team? Well, like you know, like walk-ons, you know, that's that comes back from a recruiting standpoint to your your work ethic. Uh, Daryl Dickey, who's the offensive coordinator at Texas A and M recruited a bunch of helped recruit a bunch of those guys uh, because he worked at it. He was willing to spend time. Some coaches, once they've, once they've deemed a kid, not a scholarship guy, they kind of move on. Well, coach Dickey and that whole staff, quite honestly, that was kind of our philosophy was willing to continue to work on guys that maybe were marginal or we couldn't have an offer for them at that point, but they maybe wanted to come to Memphis or they're from Memphis or they're from that area. Uh, they didn't quit recruiting those kids. And then when they came, they ended up overachieving or becoming great players. And uh, so that that work, that philosophical uh, work ethic is what gets you those players. And then 
the coaches, the position coaches that were there obviously did a heck of a job developing them. And the kids themselves obviously developed, maximized their potential. And so it's a combination of all that stuff. But uh, I think just continuing to work in recruiting, like never shutting, shutting somebody out when they really want to be in a program, like you have to at least be open to the possibility that they can help you win games. And I feel like when people hear walk on, they just think that they're guys that don't have the talent. But like, isn't there like a kind of in some situations like a thin line between those scholarship guys and those walk on guys that people might not be aware of? Yeah, like there's only so many spots at every level here at UCO. There's only so many scholarship dollars, so many scholarship spots. It doesn't matter what level or what school you're at. There's only so many opportunities and as coaches you you can't pick everybody you know you wish you could take everybody but you have to make choices and they're not always the right choices and sometimes you don't always know what's in the end so sometimes those those guys that came in as walk-ons weren't much different on high school film than the kids you took at scholarship but maybe there was a a measurable or an intangible that you felt the other kid had over that that person and uh, so it's, there's no exact science. If there was an exact science, there would be nobody drafted out of Division Two or FCS every year, or there would be no quarterbacks from the MAC getting drafted. If everybody knew everything about these kids, all the big schools would get all the the NFL players, and 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 that's not how it works. It's just too hard to tell. There's too many variables in development that uh, that so that so continuing to grind away and giving them opportunities is is the best way. Uh, and then from Memphis, you moved on to Tennessee Martin as the pass game coordinator receivers coach. Uh, and during your, your your year there, you all ranked second in scoring in the OVC. What led to that successful season? Well, you know, Coach Simpson is a heck of a football coach. He's the head coach. They just won the league there last year. Uh, he's been there for, I don't know, 16 or 17 years. Uh, so that was a pretty cool experience for me because I got to, to kind of They'd had some really good coaches there before me, uh, and we got to mess around with the passing game quite a bit, which I really enjoyed. And I learned some reduced split where people are kind of bunched up passing game a little more than we'd done at other places I've been in the past. And and we do, you know, uh, we're you know, UCO will be a little bit reduced split here and there. So it's kind of fun to have that background. But, uh, you know, overall, it was a, the people of Martin were great. And, and the kids, we had some really talented kids. I mean my receiving core there was full of a bunch. In fact, the freshmen on that team actually just got into an NFL camp. A couple of them did. And, you know, so uh, a couple of kids that I helped recruit, which was kind of fun. Uh, so anyway, it was, we had some good talent and, and uh, schematically it was fun for me. And then uh, the defense was good. And uh, so we had a good run there. We had a chance to beat two FBS teams that year. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was a fun year for me. And uh but I think the reduced split, the passing game stuff that we kind of developed and picked up and learned from those guys was was very beneficial for me. Now, when you say reduced split in 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 kind of layman's terms, what is that? Okay, so like when when receivers line up, and if you just watch football on TV, they usually line up on the numbers or outside the numbers. Kind of they're pretty wide away. They're called wide receivers because they're wide. They're outside wide. And so when we reference reduced split, it's when uh, the receivers are closer to the end man in line, like the O-linemen. So instead of being 15 or 20 yards away from the from the all everybody else in the box, they're maybe two to five yards or seven yards, but they're in there a little tighter. 
which uh, just changes the angles for the defense a little bit in blocking schemes and in, in pass routes. So that's what that's kind of what reduce split stuff means. Okay. Uh, and I guess, so from a schematic standpoint, then what what is the advantage of that alignment then? So, like, if you reduce splits, you can get to safety sometimes with your receivers cleaner. You know, you can make the corners the tacklers, which oftentimes they don't really want to be. Uh, if you if you struggle to win versus coverage outside, whether it's press or not, you're giving your receivers some free releases because most often a defense isn't going to press you up in a reduced split because they run the risk of getting the ball leveraged outside quickly on a toss or a, or a pin scheme. And so they have to put their corner kind of outside, which gives your receivers more of a free release. So you can, you know, depending on what the defense is doing, it just gives you some opportunities to manipulate the defense and help your kids get open. Uh, if 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 your kids are better than the opponent, then it's easy. You just put them out there, go one-on-one, throw a couple routes, and you're good to go. But you obviously got to help them out schematically sometimes, and uh, that's one way of doing it. You can get the ball outside. Uh, with some good angles, you can block, run the ball inside with getting your your receivers on safeties, and then you can help them in the pass game just with some free release type options. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Um, so then from Tennessee Martin, you went to Virginia Tech, uh, where you had a number of, of 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 roles there. But the one that jumped out to me was uh, when you were promoted to running backs coach, and in 2020. Uh, you 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 set some records there. You set the record for yards per carry over at five and a half. Uh, you averaged two hundred and forty point one yards per game, which was the best in the ACC, the most there in 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 twenty years. And then you had twenty seven rushing touchdowns as a team, that was the best in over a decade. What like what 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 happened that year? I mean that that was a heck of a rushing attack. As you yeah know. yeah, like we were for you know we we uh, made a conscious effort to improve you know, the talent in that room. Uh, and we, we were fortunate to sign Khalil Herbert uh, from Kansas. who's one of the best people I've ever met. He's an unbelievable person and super talented, uh, was hungry to learn, wanted an opportunity to show what he could do. He's playing for the Chicago bears now. Uh, so he made a big difference uh, when you have a, an NFL guy back in the backfield. And then we were really good up front. We were good at quarterback. We had some good receivers. Like we had a good balanced offense and, uh, we got good at the outside zone that year and we're just real fortunate. And the guys that played behind Khalil were also pretty talented. You know, we were pretty fortunate. Raheem Blackshear, who rotated a little bit, uh, was actually has the, this, this past year was the fourth, uh, yards per carry average in the last 20 years of Virginia Tech. So both kids were talented and we had younger kids below that, that were, that were certainly pushing these guys and, and playing well. So, you know, it was a combination of everything. You got to run the ball. You need to be able to throw it a little bit. You need to have uh, talented players that can block. And uh, so that was a big jump. Is just Khalil was a really talented kid, and we blocked well for him. And schematically, we changed a few things here or there, but but not significantly. You know, he just we just did a good job that year. We were it was a fun year running the football. That's true. It was a lot of fun, and very proud of proud of those guys and and those guys that are in the NFL right now. Um. So. You you go from Virginia Tech. You're, you're now at UCO. So how how do we how do we get to present day? Uh, well, I was looking for a job. We got let go at Virginia Tech, and uh, that's the nature of the business. Everybody in coaching knows if you if you don't win enough or things go go south, that you're going to have to find another job. And uh, so I was you know trying to figure out what to do next and what options and. 
Uh, obviously, there was a coaching change here in terms of uh, the head coach. Coach Durrell came here and hired my brother as the D coordinator. And then uh, when they lost their quarterback coach, there was an opportunity. And so, like anything, sometimes getting some information and getting an opportunity to talk to people is in this profession is very hard to get a job anywhere. Uh, it's just, it's just, there's more people that want jobs and there are jobs available. And so it's a, it's a great, great job, you know, but it's a tough profession. You know, you're moving around all over the place and it doesn't matter what level, if you don't win, you're going to lose your job and it doesn't matter much else to be honest with you. And so I'm very fortunate. I mean, first of all, this is an unbelievable place to live. Edmund is awesome. Coach Doral is unbelievable to work for. Like he's, 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 his, the way he runs the program, how he relates to the kids, his offensive philosophy matches with what, what I believe, you know, which makes it, makes it fun. Uh, he's willing to have conversations to change things and modify things to make things better. And uh, our coach Curley and uh, coach Donald and coach Gilbert, all are, you know, coach Tweehouse on the offensive side has just been a fun group to work with the defensive coaches. Obviously I'm, I'm, I know my brother pretty well and, I've just been excited because of how talented the coaching staff is and how much they care about kids. And then you throw in the facility that we have here is unbelievable. And it's only getting better with the new turf. The turf's about done. Uh, the stadium's going to be done by the fall. I mean, it's the, the sky is the limit uh, for this place. And, and I'm very excited to be here. It's been awesome. Awesome experience so far. And you, 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 you mentioned your, your brother's the DC here. So what has it been like to coach with him? I mean, it's, it's been, we did it, we were at TCU together too. So it was, he was the defensive GA and I was the offensive GA when we were at TCU. So we've, we've done that before, but it's been great. You know, he's got three kids. I've got a daughter and like when I'm in Virginia and he's in Texas, which was the case last year, they don't get to see each other very often. It's been fun for our families to get to spend more time together uh, during the day. And like, it's not much different than being around anybody else because you're so busy with your, your side of the ball or your position group or your, your jobs that, you know, it's, it's not a lot different, but it's certainly nice, the comforting to have him here. And, uh, you know, we can, we can talk off, you know, outside of the office about schemes and what I think they do well and not well and vice versa. And it's usually pretty, pretty open and honest. When you're talking to your brother, you're usually pretty open and honest about the dialogue. So it's, it's been a great experience. It's been a lot of fun. And I know they'll do a great job on that side of the ball with that staff. Now, you know, is there ever like a day in practice when the offense kind of outperforms the defense? Is there a little bit of like trash talk there, like the guys do today, or is it is it kind of just, you know, is it is it just like well, a- <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, as a coach, like it's never as good as you think it is and never as bad as you think it is when you walk off that practice field. So I usually keep my mouth shut, by, and I'm, I'm sure he does too. There hasn't been a lot of – there's maybe a couple of uh, – if they're trying to scheme us up sometime and we get them on something, I usually get excited about that when they're trying to do something. And vice versa, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I, I refrain from feeling too good about practice until I've watched the film and, and because sometimes you walk off that field and you think you did a heck of a job and you look at the film and you, you feel differently. And, and sometimes you think the kids had a terrible day and you look at the film and it's like, well, it wasn't so bad. They actually did, did pretty well. Sometimes it's how you feel. Sometimes you're in a bad mood, so you think everybody's struggling, and it's certainly not the case. So, uh, well, there's not been a lot of trash talking, but uh, I'm sure we'll get some shots in here or there uh, times. Now, you 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 you, know, you mentioned all the moving around. I think that's kind of something that's that's lost on people. When coaches move, their families also have to move. So, like, what what is that kind of experience like 
through at least through through your career having to pick up and move here and move here and move here like what is that what is that experience like what are the what are the challenges of that well it's it's a tough life you know like uh when i was single it was easy i'd load my car and whatever i couldn't fit in my car i'd give it to somebody else or sell it or throw it away or whatever uh once you start having a family it it certainly changes everything and once you have a child it's certainly different you know there's friends there's relationships that when you move that they lose a little bit, you know, they can still try to stay in touch, but uh, there's that, the moving, you know, a lot of times as a coach, you go first and get started working. Cause in this profession, there's timelines, there's spring ball, there's recruiting. There's always a reason to get there and get rolling. And oftentimes it's your wife that has to do all the work, getting the house ready to sell or, or whatever. And so aside from the relationships and the moving and, and all that, there's a lot of work that goes with moving jobs and, I think I, w- I moved five times in the first five years of my marriage. So I knew my wife was pretty solid when we did that because we moved houses in Memphis a couple of times. We started having uh, a baby and then we moved to Martin and then we moved to Blacksburg and moved a house on our second year in Blacksburg because we rented first. So there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of work to it. And uh, I'm so lucky and I, to have to have my wife that has helped me with that process because it's hard. It really is. And as a coach, it's easier for you because you have a built in friendship when you go into the office there's 10 dudes in there that you have something in common with you both you all love football you all love teaching you all love coaching and when your your wife moves in you know they don't have that natural uh friendship relationship to start with they don't see those people every day so it's a longer harder process sometimes for them but it's but but we're you know people that are in coaching oftentimes have strong strong people at home to help them stay in the profession uh, you, you, uh, and you, you, you mentioned the, the timeline of recruiting and such. You all got here. I think Coach Doral was hired early December. Uh, you all put together a really good uh, recruiting class, I, I think, given the circumstances. And as the quarterback's coach, you went out, you signed one quarterback, you signed Cooper Wilcox, uh, who I was very impressed with uh, talking to him and watching the film. I know there's a lot, but what, what stood out to you or stands out to you the most uh, about Cooper's game? Well, first off, I don't get credit for Cooper. He was committed and signed before I got here because I got here later. But I'm really excited about him. He's super smart. He's a good athlete. He was a good track athlete. Uh, he throws the ball well. Uh, he's not a super tall kid, but really excited about his potential. I mean, I just think he's a complete, you know, he's got good mobility. He's got good instincts. He throws the ball well. He was a good high school player on a good high school program. And those are things you all look when you're looking for quarterbacks, you want winners, guys that have won. and. Uh, guys that'll do it the right way, and that's that's my feeling. And and being or seeing Cooper, you know, I'm excited about his potential at quarterback. And uh, there's so much more to playing quarterback than just being talented. And that's what you try to figure out. And Cooper, I think, has some intangibles that'll that'll help him be a really good player one day. And I hope I hope he continue to develop fast and and help us out. But uh, we've got a good room and good group. Uh, we've got five guys in the room right now that I feel. Uh, going into fall, that it'll be a really good competition, and and uh, I think we got some guys that can help us win some games. So we're excited about our quarterback position right now. Uh, and then this 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 spring uh, was probably your, your first look at, at getting to know the group that you took over. What what did you learn about that group during the spring, and what do you like most about that group? Well, like you know. Anytime you learn a new offense, uh, which I was learning a little bit, you know, 
along with them at times, you know, so uh, that's always harder on quarterbacks probably than any other position. It's hard on everybody, but there's a lot of moving parts. You throw in the fact that what we do on defense is a little different and there's a lot of moving stuff, but the, our, the biggest thing is our kids, our quarterbacks were hungry to learn. They were helping each other. Like they all <clears throat> were in it together, which, you know, that's the feeling I get from our team is that they're just hungry right now. And, and that's, what's exciting as a coach. You don't want to let them down. You want to make sure they're prepared and in position to be successful because you feel that, that they want to do the right things in the right way. And, and so uh, that was my biggest takeaway after spring is we have a long ways to go before we're good enough uh, to, to win games, but their work ethic, their, their hunger, their willingness to be unselfish is, is really what stood out to me. You know, with those kids, they're, we had some great, great people in that room. Uh, and then when I talked to Coach Donald, he, he mentioned that uh, Stephon Brown made some great strides there. Uh, last, you know, last, last season, he started off hot. He, he, he kind of had his struggles in the, in the past game. What, what have you seen out of Steph this spring in terms of his improvement? Well, I mean, just his knowledge of football is getting better. You know, like there's a time where sometimes kids are just out there playing. And then there's a time where they kind of understand what's going on with their, with our offense and with the defense. And he's making strides in understanding what's happening on the other side of the ball. Uh, because if you know what your guys are doing, but you don't know what the defense is doing, it's pretty hard to play quarterback. And I think that's probably the biggest place he's, he's trying to make developments is understanding what's going on on the other side of the ball and how he can attack defenses that way, you know, to play quarterback. If you know what they're doing, you, you know where to go with the ball. You can be a lot more confident. And then it's just, you know, having the physical ability to get it to where you're supposed to. But, you know, he's working really hard uh, in the spring. He worked really hard to just to get better at understanding football in terms of the schemes. And he's obviously got some talent and we're excited about him. He's a big, strong kid that can throw it and run it. And so he's, he's done a great job. Uh, and, and I guess moving into fall camp, what, what what do you feel like you need to see most out of that unit in order for you all to be successful? Uh, I mean, we got to, uh, you know, be more efficient, you know, like we just got to complete easy completions on a consistent basis. Uh, the big plays happen naturally. Whenever you try to force a big play, it's usually a big play for the other team sometimes. So, uh, if you're a good quarterback, your your talent will make some big plays with your feet or with your arm. But if you just make the consistent play, uh, you'll move the offense and we'll be pretty good. And that's what we got to get better is making the easy, consistent play has to be we have to be able to uh, expect that to happen. You know, and right now we're, we're not efficient enough at quarterback. Uh, and then. You are the coach. See, so looking at the offense in a, in a broader sense, your your running back unit, I, I feel like you have one of the better duos in the conference with Jace and 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 Peyton. Uh, and then you obviously have a very talent, talented tight end and and Dante McGee. What are, do do you do you like the weapons that you in, inherited, and do you feel like uh, it, it should be enough to have a, a successful season? on the offense side of the ball. Yeah, we have, we have plenty of talent, you know, like the league is extremely competitive. I mean, you know, I think last year UCO actually outscored opponents uh, in average per game, 27 to 26. So uh, it wasn't like 
they were getting blown out, you know, like we have some talent and uh, we, we certainly, what I tell all the kids is we're going to do, I'm going to do my best to find somebody to beat you out. And you better be able to be, if you want your job, you better beat whoever we bring in here out. So we're always going to be recruiting good players and try to improve uh, our standard of play. But we have plenty of talent at every position. Our receiving core has got quite a few guys that are going to be be ready to play or have played. Uh, really like them. I love our love Dante McGee. I think he's a special player. But I more importantly, I think he's an unbelievable person. Like he does a great job on in our within our program of leadership and within our whole athletic department. He does a lot of stuff. So he's he's a unique uh, person and a, and it has a chance to have a really good year. We're really excited about him and. Obviously, the running back room, we got to continue to develop and bringing some other guys along and some young kids, but but we have enough talent to be pretty good O-line. Coach Doral is going to obviously do a great job with those guys, and we feel good about the depth and the number of guys. We Again, we'll always look to bring bring guys in at every position, but there's enough talent to be, have a good year. Uh, but the kids got to buy in, and, and then we got to go play. Uh, nobody's ever won a game on paper. You know, like, it doesn't matter what you look like or feel like. It matters how you play. And so that's the next step for us is to develop some confidence because that's the difference in winning and losing in close games is confidence. And that's, that's what we need, but we have, we have some good players. We're excited about them. And, and every position unit has some really dynamic players that, that get us excited as coaches. Uh, you, you, you mentioned the offensive line and, and that was kind of a, a sore spot last year. The many that followed the program, uh, it was the inconsistency of the line. Look at the Fort Hayes game, against a very big physical front offensive line held, held their own. But then you look at the other, some of the other games and it wasn't the same. What have you seen out of that unit during the spring uh, that that gives you confidence and belief that they'll do a, a solid job uh, come the season? Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, they're, they're going to be well coached. They got an unbelievable coach coaching them consistently. And there's good kids in there, good players like – you can you can be a really good coach, but if your kids won't won't do it, it doesn't really matter. You have to be able to get communicated to them, and they got to want to do it. And I believe we got a whole room full of guys that want to be good, and they push each other, and they challenge each other, and have great work ethics. Uh, I always think O line is a developmental position. Like you're gonna have to, like you don't walk in the door and you're to be game ready at O line is hard. If you play as a young player, like you're special at any level. And so it's, it's a hard job, you know, blocking them big D linemen is not easy. And uh, we got to help them schematically and we got to help them and coach Doral will get them coached up fundamentally. But, but I feel very good about the progress and the chance of them being, having a good unit this year. Uh, and what are your goals for the offense as, as a whole this, this season? You know, like we, Quite honestly, I have we haven't gotten to that as far as like points per game and wins and yards. Like all that is secondary until we uh, get some confidence and get some of you know feel good about how things are going efficiency wise. We'll get to all that stuff and later in the summer and the fall camp and stuff like that. In terms of, we'll definitely have we want to score enough to win. Quite honestly, uh, if we win fifty five to fifty four, I'm going to be excited. If we win twenty to to nineteen, I'm going to be excited. And if we win thirteen to twelve, I'm going to be excited because it's hard to win. And each week, uh, successful offense might look different. If the other team goes eighty mile an hour and tries to run a hundred plays, you know we may want to run the ball and score and beat them twenty seven to to seventeen versus trying to outscore somebody. You know, so it's it's different each week. Uh, 
you certainly have goals and expectations. A lot of those come from, uh, you know, not, not turning the ball over and, uh, you know, scoring in the red zone and field position, all those things that are, that are stats that actually indicate outcomes of the game that are more important than just, did he score 40 points or did they score, you know, a uh, certain amount of points each game and yards, you know, everybody wants yards, you know, like I love yards too. I'm just like everybody else, but uh, ultimately they don't, there's nobody ever won a game on yards. You win it on points. And so however you can score points is, is the way to do it. So we'll get to all that. We got it. We'll get to our goals. Coach, coach Doral is very big on having attainable, settable goals. And we're going to have some high expectations for our guys when we get, get to that point. Uh, and 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 you and coach 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 Curley are are sharing the the offensive coordinator duties. How has that relationship been so so far uh, in 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 that in that regard? It's been awesome. I mean, Coach Curley is an awesome coach. He's he has a ton of hats in this program. He does a lot. I mean, Coach Doral obviously trusts him and puts a lot on. They've been together, which I understand that. And so he's we've. We see a lot of the same things philosophically, especially in the past game. We're, we're kind of on the same. We've come from different backgrounds, but we kind of see things the same way uh, schematically and fundamentally. Uh, but the other thing is when we when we disagree, uh, we have great conversations and we, we go forward. We become very good friends and he's an awesome coach. It's got, got a huge future in front of him. And uh, so it's been great, you know, with working with him and Coach Doral, Coach Donald, like I said, uh, and the and Coach Tweehouse is a grad assistant. Coach Gilbert, we just we have a pretty fun group to be around. You know, you're in there watching film, and it's 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 fun to be around. We we kind of see things the same way, and we have tough discussions, and we move on. So uh, I'm very excited to be working with him and with with everybody. So, but he's he's a great coach. And I, and I guess my final football question would be: Now you 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 coach quarterbacks, you coach receivers, you coach running backs. You mentioned you were offensive line GA at at TCU. How has kind of having that hands on experience at almost every position on on offense uh, helped you at this point now in your previous time as, as as coordinators, kind of understanding almost every level of the offense? Well, I mean, I think as a there's some coordinators who, you know, maybe only coach one position and they think, well, why can't the tight end do this? Or why can't the, why can't we do this at receiver? Why can't we do this at O-line? When you coach a position, it's you, you figure out the problems real fast. Like if you, if you have a name for some play, but it messes up another formation, like it changes their rule, for example, like some people think, well, that's no big deal. Just get it fixed. Well, if you've coached all those positions, one advantage I have is, well, that's, you know, we're asking this kid to do that. That's, that's a lot harder than it sounds, you know? So I think there's some element of that that helps when you coach multiple positions is you can understand what they're going through. Like if, uh, if a receiving core has a bad day and they drop a bunch of balls as the quarterback coach, I'm not, I get it. Cause I've been the receiver coach and we've had rough days and we've had to, re- to bounce back. And so uh, I think coaching multiple positions gives you a new perspective of how hard those positions are to play. And some of the things that come up with the, within those position groups in terms of off the field, on the field, you know, all those kind of situations, you, you can relate to them because you've dealt with them yourself. And uh, like I said, for me, from a holistic point of view, it's awesome because I get it. I, get, I feel like I know what's going on at every position. So uh, it's been good, been good for my development and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I so uh, before I get you, get you out of here, I do this with all the, all the new guests. I'm um, kind of some get to know you questions. So your your favorite sports team? Uh, 
you know, favorite sports team of all time. I don't really have a favorite sports team right now, but I grew up a 49ers fan. Uh, I grew up in Nebraska when Roger Craig and Tom Rathman were the running backs who both played at Nebraska. So that's kind of my background. So that was my, and it was easy to like them because they were winning Super Bowl. So it was kind of unfair, but uh, I was obviously a Chicago Bulls fan. I love Michael Jordan. I always, I still think he's the greatest, no matter what the young kids say. <laughs> uh, so those are two teams I followed, you know, like uh, I was a Kansas City Royals baseball fan, but I couldn't name one player for the Royals right now because I haven't really watched a ton of baseball. But uh, those are my teams growing up. OK, uh, let's see your your favorite hobby outside of football. Uh, probably. I mean, anything I do with my my family is is the most fun. Like uh, my daughter's very active. So watching her do things is, is a lot of fun. Uh, my wife and I go golfing. Uh, when we can, we, that's probably our favorite thing to do. She's a lot better than me. I'm not very good, but I do enjoy it. Like I, I have like an old man swing. I can barely hit it uh, very far, but, uh, but I enjoy it. I enjoy being outside and that's, that's good time for us. Oh, uh, see your, your, your favorite food. Um, I mean, steak and potatoes or spaghetti. One of those two, either one would be a good, good meal for me. Now, when we go steak, are we? Is it is it rare, medium rare, well done? How, how yeah. do normally hey, keep it steak? I usually do medium, medium rare. You know, a little pink in there is what I like in my steak. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see your your favorite musical artist. My f- favorite musical orchestra. Or what um, you say? Um, artist. Oh, artist. Um, I don't know. I, I with music, I I go all over the map because I like all kinds of different music. Um. I don't really have a favorite, you know, I'm trying to think who I even, I, I turn on Pandora and I usually pick a group and uh, switch it right now. I think I have Florida Georgia line radio and it just throws out some country music. And uh, so I like classic rock. I like some old school stuff. So uh, I'm pretty versatile there, but I don't really have a favorite, you know. Okay. Let's see. Um, favorite TV show. Um. I actually kind of got into coach during the pandemic. The, the old show coach was kind of fun to watch uh, just because I can relate to some of the stuff. It's an old comedy. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's from like the eighties. Uh, it's a good show. Um, uh, you know, I like Seinfeld and friends. Some of the classics cheers was always fun to watch for me. Uh, the new shows we watched, whatever my wife, like there's all kinds of shows we kind of watch together uh, on some of those, those Chicago PDs and stuff like that are, are pretty good. Other than that, I'm kind of a comedy guy. Yeah. Do your um you do you have any pregame routines that you normally do? Well, usually if it's a home game, we're usually recruiting. So like there's not a lot, like a lot of time. Usually you got you're hosting recruits right before the game, but not really. I mean, every school I've been to has different uh pregame meals, different uh structures. So it's pretty hard as a coach to stay unless you've been in the same program for a long time. You're your routine gets changed every every place you go. So I don't really have a, a standard routine. Now, when you were a player now, were you were you big into 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 gear or were you one of those guys that just give me a helmet, some shoulder pads and let me go out there and play? I wasn't really into gear, but I, you know, like I get it. Like the kids that are because I mean, I'm, I'm not very tall. Some of them big, good looking dudes. I can understand why they want a couple extra sweatbands, but that was never me. So like, and I came from a small school, so like it wasn't, wasn't a big deal, but I get it because some of them kids look pretty good when they put a little, put a little flare on. So uh, let's see, I guess, I guess finally um, for, for, I guess, would you have a message 
to those that, that still might kind of be on the fence uh, about giving you all a chance this season about what they could expect if they come see you all play uh, this this season. Yeah, like I, I hope UCO fans are excited uh, about about Coach Doral and this program and the direction. I mean, uh, you you know, I ask recruits all the time, how many coaches do you know that have won three national championships? Uh, I can think of, you know, the Nick Saban always pops up, but then I go blank after that. I know there's a few others that have, but you have a national championship coach with a program full of players that are hungry to do the right things and to get better. Uh, you're going to see a team that improves during the course of the year. I'm confident of that. Uh, we have some talented kids. And uh, I think when you go watch somebody that plays with passion, it's fun to do. It's fun to watch. It's why the Olympics are fun. It's why championships in basketball and baseball, like the World Series, all that stuff's fun to watch because people are at their best and they're passionate about what they do. And I believe just being around our kids that they're passionate about winning and they want to win. They want to be successful. and so you come out and watch us play. I think it's going to be fun to watch, but I think you're going to feel how bad our kids want to win and how hard they play. And I think that would be my message is give our kids a chance, come see them. And, and I think you're going to like, we have an unbelievable stadium. We have the best stadium in America for division two football. And uh, we have a great community. And so come out, check it out. I think it's a great opportunity for families to enjoy some really good college football. Well, coach, I, I appreciate you taking time this afternoon to come on and talk to me. Uh, yeah, I'm wishing you the the best of luck this this season. I'm really excited to see what that offense is is, is looking like now. And uh, if you ever want to come on, you're you're more than welcome to. Uh, well, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate what you do for UCO uh, for our football program, just uh, helping uh, kind of promote it, which which is awesome, and learn about it and get get the word out there about this program. So I really appreciate what you do. And anytime you need something, let me know. Well, thank you, Coach. I really do appreciate that. So again, I want to thank Coach Lechtenberg for coming on and talking to me. And that, I, I, that, that's a, that, that's a man that's really well traveled. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the early portion about his career because I found it so interesting. He has so many different roles and, and so much success at various levels. So I'm, I'm just really excited to, to to see the offense. I think you said about the the wide the wide split. So I, you know, I, like I said. I, this is this is very promising. I think like that might help guys like running by Zell more. Uh, and and I'm, I was also very very pleased to hear about the growth of Stephon Brown because as, as 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 we know, that's my boy. And he came on here and and he mentioned some of the things that he needed to improve on. So I'm I'm glad that that's actually coming to fruition uh, because again we we all know the the talent that he possesses from my, from my arm standpoint from a size standpoint from a leadership standpoint and so my biggest thing if you go back and listen to the uh or, or watch rather the quarterback breakdown over on the youtube channel which, which the the link link is in the uh this the, the description here it, I, I you know i talk about the fact that we can get the accuracy up especially with the run game that we have and the speed at receivers, if you have not listened to that, uh, Coach James Curley in a one-on-one, uh, please do so because he actually goes into great detail there about the explosiveness of that wide receiver unit. And, and uh, I, again, I have no clue what the offense is going to look like. Through bitch and pieces of talking to now Coach Lechtenberg, Coach Curley, Coach McDonald, not Coach McDonald, 
Coach Donald, I don't want to say Coach Donald for Coach Donald and even Jace way back early, early, or, or, or early this year. We can kind of deduce it's going to be a pro style. We can kind of deduce that they're probably going to want to run the ball, which again, it makes sense. You have one of the better duos in, in the league there in Peyton Scott and Jace Gardner. They also, it appears to be wanting to use Dante McGee more to pass game. It's fantastic. I've been waiting now three years for this. Three years for this because 2018, if you recall, I think probably about the best year for Dante receiving wise. I think he was all conference that year. And so I'm, I'm glad we're going to utilize him. And I'm also glad that they said the offensive line is, is coming around. Because again, if you followed the program last year, you will kind of know what that was like, what that held back from the offensive standpoint. Uh, and so I'm really excited to um, to see the offense here. They look like they're going to, 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 to try to get guys in positions to have success. But that wasn't necessarily always the case. But like at times we were trying to fit guys into a scheme at all costs and not vice vice versa, where you kind of want to 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 fit your scheme towards your talent. And so I'm I'm kind of glad that we're headed in that in that direction. Like I said, I, I'm really excited to uh to, to see what we're looking like come fall camp. So that is the last one for this week. We should have three episodes next week. We'll have one on the baseball front, and then we should have two on the football front. Uh, and then I know we have one for the week after, I believe. So uh, we're gonna have more content here coming. So again, uh, just 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 keep a lookout. Uh, follow your boy on Twitter, and you can I guess my email address is below too. So again, I appreciate all this all the uh, support there. Until next time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.